Hello, it is time to chat with me, Kamea, and me, Rose. On this show, we have courageous conversations that illuminate the shared experiences related to food and gender. We are here to help folks digest their relationship to food. In today's episode, we chat about food choices and dating habits. Have you ever answered a foodie call? All right, and now we're just going to jump right in. How are you this week, Kamea? Give me the update. Give you the update? Yeah, how's life? It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So ominous. It's fine. Well, I'm just, I'm tired of people playing the, I'm good. I'm so great. Oh, everything's and awesome. And I'm, I'm really hearing that from people around me. And I just want to embrace more of the fact that very few of us are okay. Yeah. No, I think that's so true. Like at work, I feel kind of like a Debbie Downer because I have, my employees will be like, oh, how was your weekend? I'm like, it was okay. I'm fine. Or the, how are you doing? And I just, I'm Okay. Like, I'm good, but I'm not great. <laughs> no, I think that's very interesting because I really pride myself in being an honest person. And there's a lot going on with the world. And I keep getting these little introductions of like, you thought it was fucked up. And then it continues to get fucked up. And then you're like, here's our cap. But then. And then it keeps going. And I'm yeah. continuing to push my edge of what's beyond my okay. Yeah. And and even yet, I still want to show up and I'm continuing to be like, well, I have capacity to have these conversations. Okay, today I have capacity to teach this class, be there for this person. You know, I it's a weird time and it's a weird time to even think like is does it make sense to invest in growing a podcast right now? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I like that answer. Because the other part of my brain goes, no, the world's going to shit. So just nap and eat snacks and you'll be fine. But today we're talking about food and dating and the complications surrounding it. I think this is a really interesting topic that we both have talked about a lot as friends. Yeah. There's a lot of weirdness around it. There's a lot of insecurities that like you go into a date. What am I going to order? How do I order? what's wrong what's right there feels like there's a pressure there when it shouldn't be at all but there is where does that pressure come from i mean the patriarchy society (laughs) and i think even from like men too like absolutely ordering the steak the nicest cut steak that's on the menu is a manly thing to pay yeah there's still a lot we need to work on we're getting there but we still have a lot of work (laughs) when we start thinking about like food and dates Mm mm-hmm I think for me, it's hard to separate them. Like, it's hard for me to think about a date that doesn't involve food. Yes. Like, when I think about a date, and even when that was introduced to me as a child, Mm -hmm. you go out to dinner with somebody, or you go for, like, a dinner and a movie, or you, like, do food and an activity, but it's, like, always food. food activity and maybe sex you don't separate it like as soon as you're going to be romantically involved or interested in the person you are involving food especially true if we are interested in sexual relations yes i would agree i think that if you are pursuing 
an individual for sexual pleasure, usually food or libations are involved. Have you ever pursued sexual pleasure or a romantic interest without food being involved? Can you even imagine that? It is hard to imagine. Like, I've I've heard of it, I feel like. In what context? Like, let's go for a walk. Let's go to a concert. Like, but even then, there's still usually some sort of food or snack involved. Or even if food and snacks are removed, there's still alcohol involved, I would say, in my experience. Yeah. Especially for women, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on, at least we put on... I almost said we put on ourselves. We don't. The patriarchy puts it on us. It's not our fucking fault. <laughs> but, no, but we internalize it and then we put yes. it on ourselves. So yes, we do put it on ourselves. Yes. And like there's this whole issue that we're battling of like, do I order this to show that I'm a cool girl and that I can totally get down and I don't give a fuck what I eat. I'm not a dieter. I'm not boring. I'm not like whatever. But yet you also don't want to be messy. You don't want to have something in your teeth. You don't want to have like, you know, gas you don't want to be bloated you don't want to like make your pants feel too tight all of those things your breath smell bad so it's like you have to be clean and delicate to be feminine to be the desirable human of for the male gaze yet you also want to be like chill I don't it's like again it's kind of that whole female thing of like I need to be this thing but also this thing that's completely like the opposite and you can't really win well and you can't necessarily pick apart where that messaging came in your brain like is that all in your head and I think a lot of us are led to believe that it's only in our head but do you have an opposing opinion no I was just I mean all I was gonna say is that when you said that the first thing comes to my mind is like the amount of magazines that I read as a teenager totally that told me literally what to order and how to totally and, and in preparing for this episode where we were like is this actually like a good topic to dive into in terms of what I've been told about what it means to eat on a date is like is this in my head is this in my head is this in your head or is this in our heads so I mean we did this before we went on air but just to refresh my memory um I just googled best foods to order on a date and the first result is insider.com. Eight best foods to order on a date. And the idea is bite-sized pasta. We don't want any of that spaghetti. Any of those limp noodles just slurping into your mouth. We are not Sushi, a very popular. And I disagree with that. With sushi? Very passionately, yes. Why? Sushi is massive to fit in your mouth, at least my mouth. And then you have this big old gob that you're chewing and you're trying to like listen and talk and respond while you have like fucking soy sauce hanging out your mouth. I do not agree. I don't think I've ever seen you eat sushi. (laughs) You make it sound like I eat it like an animal. (laughs) But like, I don't think it's the most attractive thing to eat. Interesting. Well, I think it's a sexy food. It's okay, raw, but this it's is one fresh. of those things that it where it gets complicated mm-hmm. because when it's sold to me on insider.com or like dating magazines, I it's also like, don't think giving a blowjob is the sexy thing to watch a woman do, but a lot of people like to watch a girl give a blowjob. So maybe it's like a weird thing like that. Interesting correlation. <laughs> correlation and causation. Very different things. Anyway, sushi. <laughs> Um, 
in our digging into this episode, it frequently comes up as like a sexy food, but a lot of it has to do with how tidy it is to eat. Mm-hmm. And that's very different from my lived experience of being like, okay, I'm going to like take this and I'm going to dip it in the sauce and I'm going to shove this whole thing in my mouth. But none of it, none of the articles related to dating and food get into the fact that sushi itself is a beautiful art. Oh, yeah. It is is a culinary masterpiece when people really make sushi. But also, as a teenager, when I, as an American homeschool girl, was exposed to sushi, it was just like just deli gross sushi. grocery store sushi it's not like i wasn't exposed to the art of it but it was these delicate rolls. bites and the size also matters in this case because when i've been exposed to art of just like here is my role and where i have thought about your eating experience and i have layered these flavors and this cuisine those pieces are hard to fit in my mouth yeah the ones that you just way. like throw away at the deli of like whatever that's nothing no I think it's it's interesting because we live in a era where food compatibility is just as important as your sexual compatibility with this potential partner at first initially I'm like oh yeah like sure for me that is a huge thing but the more I was researching the more I'm reading the more how like that's it's across the board. Like, so many people feel that way. It's crazy. Sorry, I'm having a really hard time skimming this article. Like, a really hard time. Is it just that good? Uh, I, it depends on your definition. Okay. Um, it leads in, what to order on a first ten, oh, on a first date? Ten ideas you must check out. First date food advice tips. And then it goes... Fix the venue. Before we talk about what to order, let's fix the venue. What's a good restaurant for a first date? Oh, I think that's super important. Uh, Why? Because I feel like... Google the menu. (laughs) I mean, I hope you do that. Order for him only when he (gasps) insists. Should you order food for the man unless unless he asks you to? Absolutely not. This will make you come across as a dominant personality. And God forbid you're dominant at all. Yes, you. Can, if you have a certain recommendations, then feel free to let him know. You can also choose the best type of food for a first date from our list for your comfort and convenience. Um, but if you should come across as a controlling woman, which is a linked article to understand if I'm a controlling woman on this other thing, you should just go ahead and order everything when he tells you to. Is he paying? <laughs> I'm, I'm uninvested in this whole thing. I'm, I'm not doing it. The most... Like, the top best thing to order on the first date. Do you know what it is? What I read, like, multiple times? What? Chicken. Just a chicken dish. Why? Because it's safe. It's easy. Usually it's easy to eat. It's not messy to eat. And then I think the second was Italian. That's just funny. I think, yeah, we just, we, we put a lot of judgments on food and dating. Boggles my mind, but also it doesn't because it's so, like, weirdly natural. Because food and sex hence our last episode is so hand in hand in terms of like pleasure and bonding and intimacy they're two very basic animals they are and it's the same sensations it's smell taste and feel like it's the same sensations on both ends so it makes sense generally but i thought it was interesting because the more i was reading about all of this shit (laughs) i came across a study that 
um, they did in Britain. And they did, like, with 2,000 adults. They just took all these people and did, like, these polls or whatever. More than half of them said that they would be more attracted to the potential partner if they shared the same taste buds. Like, if you like the same food I do, you'd be um, automatically become way more attractive to me. More than half of the people. That makes a lot of sense to me. I would agree. Like, if we can bond on that, just, just like bonding on, like, our favorite types of music. But it's different. It's still different because it's way more personal. And it's a date you have to do. You have to eat. You don't have to listen to music. You yeah. have to eat every day. You have to eat. And food is so related to our intimacy. And sharing food is a huge thing. And yeah, I... Wow. That's very interesting to think about on many levels because yeah. there are many people that I have discounted mm-hmm. based on how they eat. I would agree with that. Or when people tell me that food is just fuel to them, oh, it really bothers me. I'm like, ooh, we're not going to get along. Have you ever felt anxious ordering food in front of somebody that you are not intimately connected with? Like, you kind of know them. Maybe you're trying to impress them, whether it's an acquaintance or a romantic partner. Have you ever felt anxious ordering food in someone else, in front of someone else? Yeah, I think not so much like current day because I feel like I just don't give a fuck anymore but um, in yes in my life I have definitely felt that I think partially because I'm a woman and because I'm conditioned to feel like I'll be judged off of what I eat judged on the mess that I'm making as I'm eating it for sure regardless if it's a romantic person or not if you have questions about that just look at your local advertising yes exactly um I also feel that way in a kind of a different area too because of my career and what I do for a living people tend to when I go out to dinner they ask me a lot of like oh what does this mean what is that like ask me questions off the menu and oh, that's an interesting part that yeah. I didn't really think about so like the difference in terms of me ordering just as a person versus you who've I mean I have in different respects but it is a different lens that I haven't thought about yeah. before the difference between us being seen as professional women in the food industry, people do view like, wait, what are you ordering or how are so you So what are that? you going to do or how, what are you going to totally ask for on the side? Or, yeah. People in certain social situations, there's a lot more weight in a weird way. And I don't mean yeah. that like in an arrogant way. I just like things I've noticed with the conversations I've had around things when I've ordered stuff. Well, and part of it is just due to natural curiosity. Yeah, absolutely. And that's fine. Like I'll totally have those conversations and I love talking about food. So bring it on. But I've definitely felt in the past when I was younger and single, I would feel this way around like somebody I was romantically interested in as well as just like a social situation. I was always stressed about somebody around me maybe monitoring how much I ate. So like I don't want to seem like I don't want to get the whole thing of fajitas and eat the whole thing. Like, what would that make me, like, look like? Or what if somebody around me is like, wow, she's, like, really downing all of that dip. Like, hello, save some for somebody else. <laughs> like, that was something that really, like, was a thing in my younger years. Like, 20s, late teens, early 20s, for sure. Well, and if I'm entirely honest, and I might regret saying this, 
I would like to think that was a part of my younger years, but that's still a tape that plays in my head. De- well, it's, yeah, I was going to say it depends on the... I handle it differently now. Yes. I handle it with more grace. I handle it's it with It's a little quieter more, of a voice, but um, it's there. Of scrutiny of recognizing when it's a voice that doesn't belong to me or when I'm being mean to myself. Like, I have more language mm-hmm. and practice with saying, like, ah, that's not so good. But... Well, it really depends on the the environment. Like, are we in a professional environment? Are we in a casual environment? Is this somebody that I feel like I really want them to think a certain way of me? Like, Um, yeah, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Um, Depending on the food, but I feel like this is fairly normal. But one thing that still is pretty real in my life now, again, casual situations, I don't really fucking care. But anything that's not casual, it's like, is there something in my teeth? Like, do I have like buildup in my teeth? Does my mm-hmm. breath smell weird? This person is oddly close to me. Does your breath smell weird? Yeah. My breath, not my breath. <laughs> my breath smell great. <laughs> but it's, it's that like, I don't want to, I don't know. Again, it's like, it's all about like superficial feelings of you need to look a certain way, which is so not real. But it is real in our lives as, as women that walk the earth. It's interesting, like, if you're maybe on a diet or a cleanse, like, regardless of what, or you or just don't you like something. Or if you have legitimate dietary Legitimate allergies, restrictions, yeah. things that you're like, this just doesn't settle well with me and I'm choosing not to eat that, that's judgment too. Or an ethos that says meat, fuck that. Yeah. One thing I read that I thought was really interesting is, like, women specifically who are gluten-free have a harder time in the romance department than quote non-gluten-free people because gluten-free people statistically can come across this I thought was really interesting just like uh difficult controlling high maintenance etc but they also at the same time which I thought the study was really interesting because it said at the same time that it comes up all these negative things it's also equally it's somebody who's healthy cares about themselves is taking like a whole different approach to their life why is that and fucking bad that's the thing it's like there's like a, the positive side of like hey this is actually me like taking control of my life and like making this decision and being diligent and committed and able to commit to something which is really dope yeah. and then there's the like oh you're like high maintenance and I can never go out to eat with you because you can't eat this you can't eat that like you're so controlling so it's like this too again we're back to like women can't win like no matter what we do I thought that was interesting but they said overall even with that positive aspect and I, don't, I guess I don't really know if this was specifically women or men or anybody. Like, it's people that are gluten-free have a harder time in the dating world, which I think is really, like, unfortunate. Isn't that crazy, though? Be- and, it, and it was a thing because there's so many gluten-free people now than ever. It's, just, it's so juicy. Mm-hmm. And I want to dig into a whole episode on just that, I on know. the stereotypes about being gluten-free, but also gluten amounts in the united states versus the european union is very different well, and our it type affects of our wheat. bodies totally different anyway it's a whole thing we anyway. could we could do a whole episode on it i love it but um do you remember what you ordered for the first time in front of your partner your long-term partner yes i do actually wow isn't that um, interesting that it is saves in your memory yeah. as a long-term memory? The first thing I ever ordered at a re- like an eight in front of them was fajitas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's funny. I brought that up earlier. Veggie so. or steak? I think veggie, actually. 
You skip the meat? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just generally not a huge meat eater. She's a meat skipper. I'm a meat skipper. Um, yeah, I think I did the veggie one. Um, and I remember feeling really bad because we were on a walk and I really liked him and he really liked me, but we hadn't like told each other yet. And we popped into this Mexican restaurant and he ordered like a burrito or something and I got fajitas. And then at the end of the meal, he was like, oh, let me pay. And I felt so bad because I was like, no, like the fajitas was the most expensive thing on the menu. <laughs> but I also wanted to come across, you know, like healthy and fun. And also like I wanted to like it's I love who doesn't yeah, love fajitas. With my hands. Yeah. And it's like, just like I'm so experience. chill. Like it's not that big of a deal. And I remember feeling really bad because it was pretty expensive and I didn't I wouldn't have ordered it if I knew he was paying for it kind of a thing. And then I think the second time we went out to eat again, this was before we were together. We were at a restaurant for like a a concert. It was weird. It was like a little music thing in the corner of this restaurant. And I thought we were just there for coffee. And I was really hungry. So I was like, hey, are you going to get something to eat? And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get something small. So I ordered like chips and dip. Because I was like, oh, well, he said he's something small. Like, I'm not going to get a whole entree if he's not going to get an entree, right? Because I can't eat more than you, God forbid. And I, I think I ordered, like, yeah, chips and dip. And then he ordered a full entree. And I remember sitting there being so jealous that he got, like, all this food and I didn't Ugh, have any of that it. That sucks. And I was like, I'm so hungry. Why and this do we enough. apply those hierarchies I don't know. to food? I don't know. Uh, it just makes me think of this idea of uh, owing a man something mm-hmm. when you go out to eat. Oh, that's Whether a real that's thing. Whether that's through what you actually consume and the fact that it does come with this observations that you're making and he's making or if he actually pays for the whole thing, that's a whole thing. Oh, yeah. And... It's fucked up and I've mostly opted out, but even with mostly opting out of that whole scenario, I've definitely run into situations where men try to buy me something in order to get something. Yeah. All the and time. I've also run into situations where I'm just like, no, I'm going to pay because I don't want to owe you something. Mm-hmm. I've done and that. Um, the, my, my first date with my now husband, I actually scheduled a date with a girlfriend within an hour of meeting him so that I didn't have to spend too much time with him. And so that he didn't think that I owed him anything. Mm -hmm. And that is a level of consciousness of planning ahead in terms of social conditioning for me to be like, Mm -hmm. sorry, I'm busy. Thank you for this burger. I'm done. I am out. Yeah. I know. I think that's true. Like thinking back to my teenage years, I had a friend who would offer to buy me a lot of things. Like every, we went to coffee a lot, like just because we were doing other activities. Not that sounded, that sounded very like induendo. No, we were not doing, um, (laughs) we were not doing naughty activities. We were just like being teenagers and hanging out and whatever, had other hobbies that we were into. And we would always get coffee before going into our hobby. And 
he would always want to buy the coffee for me. And I, every time, and it kind of became this funny little joke between us. Cause I'm like, no, you're not buying my fucking coffee. And he's like, why don't you just let me buy it for you? It's not that. And it was strictly because I was like, I know that he has feelings on some level. And I don't want to put myself in a situation where I owe you something or that I'm leading you on by so you buying the coffee. Case, you can't objectively be like, well, you have a job right now and I don't. Exactly. Or our economic Which was literally status, the case. Yeah. Our economic status is different. So it makes more sense mm-hmm. for us to meet each other halfway and you can buy this coffee or this beer because you have more disposable income than I do right now. The pay gap is real. It is fucking real. Yeah. It is fucking real. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I also have a fun memory. I think it's fun. Um, <laughs> of a friend where we were going out to the bars quite a bit and getting pretty sloshed. And it was a thing. And he, I was extremely drunk. And he was too. And we were walking home and I remember he tried to kiss me and I kind of like denied like, no, nah, we're not going to do this right now. Like not really the time nor the place. No, thank you. Like uh, I'm good. And he got immediately, I remember being really shocked because it was one of those moments kind of like, this is dramatic, but I'm like, I thought I knew you kind of a thing. Like I didn't expect this to happen. And he very much just in his drunken state, that's not a defense. That's a painting the picture immediately just was like are you serious like I bought you so many cocktails tonight and so many drinks and I remember on the why would you soak my dick like why are you not sucking my face and then moving your way to your my dick right now and I remember being drunk enough to where I was spicy enough and I was like never fucking say that to me again I screamed to him on the street and he was like shush, shush, like he was trying to shush me like you're making a scene I was like I don't fucking care if I'm making a fucking scene this woman has feelings you don't get to fucking expect that shit and I was like never ever and he was just like I'm sorry I'm sorry, I'm sorry. and he never did it again Good. but oh my gosh I remember just being completely shocked like and I remember telling him like I buy you fucking drinks all the fucking time I never asked for anything from you like are you serious <laughs> those are the younger days it does make me think of a time that i was the only woman that walked into a bar by myself Mm -hmm. and you know where we live it's pretty common for women to drink beer Mm -hmm. it's pretty common but in other parts of the country, not so much. And I was in the area for a conference and I was tired with my work crew. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to walk down this place. It's a microbrewery and I'm just going to go get a beer and roughly watch a soccer game and like text some people that I know they care about it. I hate sports ball. But soccer is the best sport. Yeah. But I don't like sports. My partner is really into it. And so it was like a way that I could just be like, hey, I like this thing that's going on. <laughs> hey, babe, I'm watching this thing yeah. you like. <laughs> and I remember I walked into the bar and everybody's heads turned. Like everyone's heads turned because I walked in there by myself. And it was like a tap room. It wasn't even a full what bar. What are you doing, little girl? Yeah, and there was this guy who came over to me, and then he started talking, and he probably talked to me for, like, a solid half hour, and he showed me pictures of ducks on his phone, and then, oh, like, cute. 
like it was a fine conversation <laughs> like i love talking to people i love learning about people's stories and it influenced a lot of my work and i love learning from people but in this case he was just like let me buy your drink and i had bought like one beer and everyone was also surprised that i bought a dark beer and he tried to pay for it and i was like no because i knew it came with other implications and he got angry with me Mm -hmm. and he was like no i want to buy this for you and i was like why and he was like i appreciate you're a strong woman like blah blah blah. let me buy this for you i was like no i'm gonna buy my own beer i don't owe you anything i've already like tried to like get this guy to go away a couple of times but like whatever And then I pay for it on my own. And then this is one of the only times in my life he was just like, by the way, my company, the only times, it was the only time in my life. It was one of the only times. It's the only time in my life. This guy was just like, my company's paying for everything tonight. Here's my hotel room. Ooh. Actually, this is not the only time that a guy has just been like, here's my hotel room. Like, that's a turn on. I've also, never been told that, but I feel like if I was single, I, I don't depend. It depends on the whole guys thing. Guys just drop it like that's a thing. Yeah, but I, I, I've never had that. But I've had, I've had it happen to me in this bar, and then there was another time when I was just a cashier at a grocery store, and a guy <gasps> was like, "Come to my room," and I was like, "Uh," and I told my manager, and my manager called him and was like, "Don't you fucking talk to my cashier again," and I respect the fuck out of her. That's badass. That's badass. Because I told That's my manager, and when he walked in again, they were like, you go on break. He's gone. Yeah. He's here. I... But anyway, huh? that fucking guy, he told me, why don't you fucking let me pay for this? My company is paying for everything tonight. Come to my room. You have all the drugs and alcohol you want. That was his selling point. Not, I'm a catch. <laughs> I have really great qualities. My company has money. There's drugs and alcohol. Come to my hotel room in the middle of bumfuck Washington. <laughs> That's so funny. And you will have everything provided for you. And I was like, I'm good. I gave him a fake phone number. Yeah. That's what you do whenever they ask for your phone number. I literally If you memorized- can't just straight up say no, because we all know as women, if you say, no, I don't want to give you my phone number, it's going to come with a whole fucking thing and usually it's, it's aggressive thing usually they're so you know what i do you? i give half my phone number and half my mother's phone number because i have both memorized that's funny i just change one digit of my phone number nice i'll just like go say it just there like it's normal all over and the confident country. and then i just men just call random numbers yeah. and they're just like what i think that's really interesting that you bring that up that whole dynamic of sitting in a bar and having good conversation because you like you mentioned i genuinely like to talk to people and know their stories. I'm very much that way too. Like I can be a huge social butterfly. I love talking to people. I find people fascinating, hilarious, entertaining. It's fun, right? It's it's also, I'm a big believer in like doing things to create like stories for your life too. Like memories. Like I love that. Like yeah. having something to come to my friends and be like, dude, check this fucking situation I was in. It's, like it's crazy. However, the older I've gotten and the more experience I've had in those situations, I feel like I've become really jaded and really fucking cold. And I have some friends that are a little bit younger or maybe have different experiences or maybe more naive or men who don't have these experiences are like, 
why are you being so rude to this person? Like when I tell a story and I'm like, because it's not just like they're trying to talk to me at the bar. It's rarely like I'm just genuinely just trying to like chat with you. That's really rarely the case in my experience. It always ends up being like the moment I think, oh, no, this is fine. We're just talking and having a good time and just being social like you do. Okay, you're here out of town. So am I. Like, let's chat. Like, Like, what what are you working on? Exactly. It always comes with this whole other aspect where all of a sudden when you least expect it. Yeah. When you least expect it, it's, oh, shit. You have this thing and I didn't expect this. And now I'm in this awkward situation and I don't want to be in this situation. And so I feel like now I'm just like. But extremely cold and I'm a, like an asshole I'm like I don't look at you like I'm very short with you yeah do not talk to me do not look at me at all and I've even had people tell me I'm just to trying to talk yourself. and I go that's cool you can talk but like I'm not dealing with this because yeah. it's been too many times I've been in very uncomfortable situations I don't like conflict as much as I'm, I'm a spicy person I can be I don't like conflict I don't like awkward situations and it's unfortunately it's uncomfortable to stand up for yourself and I, yeah. so I just have that really strong boundary, especially when I'm alone or if I'm with another girlfriend. And it's so crazy to me sometimes seeing like just people being so nice. Like I was telling that to a friend of mine recently. I was like, you're way too nice with these disgusting men at the bar. That It are just, was not me. It wasn't you. But I'm like, you're just way too nice with like giving them the, like the attention or like like, at a certain point, just, like, turn your whole body. Be like, I'm not I'm not talking to you anymore. Like, you're clearly you're fucked up and you're not understanding that I'm saying no, like, They're four times. They're not worth your energy. Stop touching me. Stop holding my hand. Stop touching my hair. I'm done. Like, that's a like thing. I feel like I just want to talk directly to our younger listeners yes. because I love that we have a younger listener base. Yes. Hello. Don't fucking pay attention to them. Turn your back and that's okay. It's okay if they think you're an asshole. It's okay if they think you're a bitch. They should be fucking terrified of you. They should be terrified of you. Yes. Like, because in reality, they are. They're more insecure than we are. And use that to your fucking advantage. They're just little people. Anyways, it's just, in general, you don't have to fucking deal with that bullshit at all. That's the biggest lesson, if anything, you should take from this episode. (laughs) Don't deal with the weird bar rats. Don't deal with the bullshit. No. Um refocusing (laughs) deal breakers and turnoffs on dates revolving around food um this is a big one there's a lot here (laughs) yes yes there is and this is just to preface this is not us being mean or overly judgmental i think this is overall pretty average But it's also very personal and everyone has their personal opinions and personal feelings and their values. Well, but I think it's one of those things that it highlights the fact that food is very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like there is nothing that you can do to piss me off more than tell me how I should eat. Oh, God. Yeah. Do you have any deal breakers or turnoffs around food and dating? Chewing with your mouth open. That's a big one. Chewing with your mouth open, holding your fork in a whole fist mm-hmm. instead of just like holding it. That's a big one for me. And unfortunately, I know a human in my life where I'm just like, there are multiple times I've looked at that person and been like, how has no girlfriend been like, don't do that. Right. And I'm very, it's, I'm very accepting 
Oh, yeah. I don't want to come across as a bitch. Overall, you're a very kind person. And I'm I feel like I'm a very person, kind person. But I cannot deal with people chewing with their mouth open. And mm-hmm. I cannot deal with someone holding their fork like a cave person. I also really hate when people mix their food on their plate like into one big goo. Like that really bothers me. Um, I think it's really disgusting to ask for ketchup on your eggs or your steak. That's a huge no-no to me. Whoa. Huge. This is a good evidence of the fact that we have strong feelings Very about strong our food. feelings. Um, I did, in researching this episode, I remembered that uh, Seinfeld had an episode where Jerry broke up with a woman for eating her peas one at a time. I don't necessarily agree with that like, as a specific thing, but I think I would probably, I could see myself breaking up or like not pursuing another date with somebody due to like food stuff like that for sure well and do you remember we shared the clip of the friends episode we both love friends mm, yes millennials that we are where joy was just like i don't share food yeah and he had a date with phoebe's friend or it was just like she was beautiful she was hot they were having a good time super cool and then she reached for his french fries and he was like <laughs> Joey doesn't share food. I don't share food. She's a cool girl, but I don't share food. And that one resonates with me a lot. Couldn't even articulate the fact that he couldn't just say, like, look, I don't share food, but it like ruined the whole dating experience because yeah. he couldn't just say, like, look, this is super weird for me. Don't put your paws on my plate. Yeah. That's a big one for me. Like, even in my current relationship, like, I really it's really fucked up because a part of me, like, my love language is giving food to people, like cooking for people, sharing with people, creating something for somebody or buying them food. Like that's a huge thing for me. I love to do that. But if it's unsolicited and they just take off of my plate or like, ooh, can I try that? And it's like more than a bite. I get really, really frustrated <laughs> and really possessive of my <laughs> this food. Is mine. This is mine. Like, we can have a conversation if you wanted to share prior to ordering, but we didn't have that conversation. And now I feel my scarcity mindset is really flared up. And I feel like I have to eat quicker than you because I want more of this meal than you're than you're going to take. Like, it's a thing. I have the same thing with if I have a bowl of popcorn and you have a bowl of popcorn and I'm eating it faster than you are. And I have no more popcorn and you still have popcorn. I get like extremely jealous. I can't jealous. imagine a world where people have two bowls of popcorn. I get extremely jealous. I've only been having to share bowls of popcorn. So I do typically share bowls of popcorn, but I want to hold it. Oh, I absolutely That's a thing in my this relationship. Mine. Yeah, like you can have some, but I get to like control it. And that's totally my own like weird food thing that like I probably need like to work on and I need therapy for. But it's it's real. It's it's a thing. It's what it's, do you like to put on your popcorn? Literally anything. Um, I love black pepper on my popcorn. I like to mix it up and I don't have like the same thing. Like I like to keep it fresh. So I like black pepper on my popcorn. I love Cajun seasoning, like it's kind of spicy. How do you feel about candy corn? Candy corn, I don't, I think has a time and a place, but it's not something that I, I would get regular popcorn over candy corn. Easy. Well, yeah, because candy corn is gross. Can't, is that what you said? Candy corn? Yeah. You're talking about the candy? 
Yes. The little triangular shaped. Yes. Oh, fuck. I love that. (laughs) No, you don't. Yes, I do. Fuck. It's disgusting. It's not disgusting. It's superior in the holiday candy. I love it. I think it's good. I like to eat the color by color. I understand that I'm not the common vote on that. And I don't fully understand it. But I guess kind of. I don't know. I like it. Well, in one of the articles that I pulled up of people revealing their dating deal breakers around food. So Candy Corn did come up in this episode and um, one of their readers commented, Candy Corn has a very special place in my heart. It's my favorite candy for as long as I can remember. And so I think if I met someone who vehemently disliked it, okay, me, I would have (laughs) to end the date. That's harsh. I love it, but I would not date somebody or pursue something because they didn't like it. And I'm and that's it. I'm pretty picky about that kind of shit. But but one of the things I love about this article is how specific people are. Yeah. So it's like just say no to tuna salad in public. What? It's stinky. It is, but it's good. A lot of yeah, but if you have like a sensory memory of tuna salad where it's like not super pleasant. You're either in tuna salad camp or you're not. Um, That's true. If we ever decide to order pizza and you suggest Little Caesars, you're automatically canceled. Wow. But it's, it's hot, hot and ready, ready baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot and ready. That's interesting. It also, I don't disagree. It depends on the, the date. Like, are we, like, comfortable? Yeah, but I would still take dominoes or pizza hut over little caesars i 100 percent would too but it depends on like i guess like geographically like is it closer does it make more sense like you know what i mean but um going back to my british study which i do have the link for so we can link that thank god um but i thought it was interesting because part of the study with that 2000 people that they like went through is 11 percent of people so they wouldn't go on a second date based off of what that other person ordered at that on that date. Ooh, like what? Like they didn't give examples, but it's just like if if you didn't like 11% of those people were like, I don't really like what you ordered. I'm probably not going on a second date. I feel like I'm in that camp. I think depending on where we were at, what they ordered and yeah, I would judge that. Okay. Um, you and I are on a first friend's date. Okay. And I order fish tacos. What does that say about me? That says that you're a little bit adventurous. You aren't afraid to get a little dirty. <laughs> and <laughs> that you are probably fun and ready for tequila shots. Oh, this is true. <laughs> it is true. This is more accurate than my astrology chart. I'm good at this. Um, <laughs> however, I think for me to specify a little bit, it's not necessarily like for sure the item is going to be a thing. Like if we're at this really nice restaurant and of all things you order the large macaroni and cheese, I'm going to judge you a little bit. I would never do that in front of someone else. And that's the thing. I love mac and cheese. Of course, I want a big I bowl of it. I only eat that at home alone. But I don't like we're on a date as adults and I do feel like there's a sense of first impressions and that is not the most ideal first impression but even worse than something like that god so many listeners are gonna be like wow what a bitch (laughs) 
It's okay. We need to hear it. (laughs) But also, even more so than that, and I think it's because, again, coming back to the fact that, like, I work in the restaurant industry. I'm a professional in it. I, like, I'm a cook. I serve. I bartend. All of the things. If you mod the shit out of your order, oh, no, 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 no. If you ask for a burger cut in half, I'm going to be so annoyed with you. Like, anything that's going to make the kitchen inconvenient or the server inconvenient it's massive like that's a huge deal breaker for me huge but that's also unfair because not everybody knows the ins and outs of what's convenient and what's not convenient to ask for something like if you were like can I get a burger but all of the condiments on the side I'm like really are you fucking kidding me like that's so annoying so annoying nobody wants to be that customer but it happens all the fucking time all the time Oh, but that's getting into dining dynamics. Yes. Between. It, that's like more dining etiquette, I guess. Like, yeah. there's a certain sense Which of. Which we're terrible at. People are terrible at. Like, do not ask for, like, if you have a burger on the menu, the amount of customers that will ask for the most fucking outrageous mods. Like, do you have Swiss cheese instead of cheddar? One, I don't know. Is there Swiss cheese What's on the, the menu? What's the name of my cow? Yeah. No, it's like, you joke, but it's real. Do you have avocado? Um, no. I don't have avocado. And then they get upset that there's not avocado for their burger. And I'm like, we don't carry avocado. It's not in our facility. How do you not carry avocado? (laughs) Because it's not on the menu. Fuck that. Um, Another thing, again, (laughs) these are just weird statistics I'm bringing up because I thought they were really fucking interesting. 14% of that 2,000 people, I keep wanting to say $2,000 and I don't know why, 2,000 people, 14% said that they would end a new budding romance if they didn't share the same taste buds, like palate. Like if if they didn't like the same foods, if they weren't jiving on the same kind of things, they would end a a budding great relationship because of that. I believe that. And also, food definitely has an impact on your dating profile. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like on online dating on online dating okay and i can't say this is my own data this is just stuff i've gathered from online but if you according to zeus okay if you drop a line about how you will pay extra for guacamole <laughs> your inbound messages will increase by 144%. That is hilarious. So if you put in your dating profile that you love guacamole or that you splurge on guacamole, like you're going to put guacamole on your thing. That is so You're going to get more messages, which basically tells me that most people who use online dating apps also shop at Chipotle. Yeah. So, yeah. Know your demographic. Know your target audience. Um, yams are a huge turnoff. And really? Yams. If you mentioned yams in your dating profile, you have a decrease of 70% of messages else- coming to you. And I hate that. And that's true. I feel like that's so... It makes sense on an honest level. That makes sense. But I also think it's fucking hilarious that there's and even a little data. Bit racist. A little bit of racist. A little bit of a racist always. But I feel like that's crazy that that's even 
data that we're talking about right now. Like what you write in your online dating profile matters that fucking I'm much. I'm a seasoned colonialist and I have access to avocados. But if you mention your DMs, absolutely not. Dude, it's again back to the beginning of this fucking episode. Dating and food is a thing and it's worth talking about. <sighs> have you ever seen an avocado tree? No. Do you know that the avocados literally look like testicles hanging from the trees? Um, I mean, based off of a single avocado, yeah. They grow in pairs. Cute. And they literally look like testicles. So much and there is an looks argument. like genitalia. And there is an argument of like, is this, does avocado mean testicle? Or does it not? Back in the day, they were like, oh, that boy's got some hefty avocados. Damn. I, I mean, yeah, food looks a lot like genitalia across the board. There was one article that I read in The Atlantic that was actually, it was a beautiful article that talked about the complications of your relationship with food and being in relationship with a person, how our relationships affect the food that we eat. And one of the things that I pulled from this and and they talked so candidly about the fact that they are a Jamaican chef and they ran into racism within their own relationship and their partner was not okay with the fact that they cooked a certain way and they had to totally just discount everything that they cooked to assimilate to be a part of the same culture and the only time that they agreed as a couple with their ex on food was about like very specific safe chicken dishes but also in the article one of the things that stood out was that the word companion is derived from latin for bread sharer which derives from come penis spelled what (laughs) c-u-m-p-a-n-i-s so bread is the same as cum sure and sharing is a penis whoa what the fuck we all need to just eat more carbs ha 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 (laughs) have you ever experienced a man eating an excessive amount of pineapple (laughs) no (laughs) i feel like that was something i read back when i was a teenager in the cosmopolitan world cosmopolitan teen i want to say teen vogue but i don't think it was that like the teen magazines where we learned both of us how to eat on a date what to eat on a date what to wear on a date all this bull fucking shit how do you know your tits are big enough? Literally. Like, apparently, a man, and probably a woman too, now that I'm like saying this out loud, can eat a certain amount of pineapple. And I would assume that like papaya would be in the same category because of the enzyme content. Hmm. But eat enough of that for a period of time. That it would change the flavor of their discharge. No. 
I don't think this is like I think there's a very 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 small part that's true but I think overall it's all bullshit um but I think it's really funny to think that there was probably a lot of teenage boys eating a fuck ton of pineapple in hopes that a girl would suck their dick a little bit more I love to imagine the world where teenage boys are concerned about my consumption Yes. Where they want to make it sweeter than me, for me. Yeah. Because that has not been my experience at all. No. Not at all. But I do think, <laughs> but going back to like the cosmopolitan era of teen years and like taking that as the Bible, right? Like I read once the most highly rated gum flavor that a man finds the most sexy and, and kissable is Trident's Tropical Twist. No. If you've never had this gum, it's fucking superior and it's delicious and it still exists as today. When I was 17, I had a huge crush on somebody. As I was you in, should. As you should. And I was invited to a movie night. And I wish to God that I still had the list of my, I had this whole notebook piece of paper where I wrote the whole checklist. It went down to like having clean socks. I bought brand new fucking jeans for this outing. So I had Tropical Twist. And let me tell you, that shit fucking worked. Because one of the gossips that we found through the other girl that was there is that he said that we smelled so good, we, I would like to say myself only, but it was me and my friend smelt really good and that the gum whatever gum we were chewing smelled so good that they, he wanted to make out with us I um, everything you just said right i now. know but like in my memories this was like a big win for me <laughs> so i was like fuck yes tropical twist for the win and it's one of my favorite gums even to this day because of the memory i don't think i've ever had that it's good it just tastes like tropical fruit it's delicious so Cosmopolitan is right sometimes, but most of the time not. Have you ever answered a foodie call? A foodie call is somebody who reaches out to somebody that they may or may not be interested in, but knows that they will take them out on a date and pay for the whole date. So you're basically like, hey, I want a free meal tonight, and I will put myself in a situation where I can go out, have some company, and he'll pay for the meal. But you have no expectations to pursue the relationship. I think what makes me angry about that idea is that it is very gender binary. It is. Where it is the idea that a female will flirt somebody into paying for a meal. But the wage gap is real. Yep. The amount of effort that people put into existing is real. And the idea of somebody... Just taking me out to fucking dinner feels so nice. Yeah. Where there's no expectations, where there's no, I have to meet a certain expectation. I have to be a certain way. I could just go when you're going to pay for this amazing meal that's beyond my culinary mm-hmm. skill set. That yeah. sounds amazing. I don't think I've ever really had the opportunity. Like, I feel like I'm too much of a stubborn person in the the very short period of time that I was dating because I started dating my now partner when I was still pretty young um we've been together for a long time I feel like 
during the time that I was like kind of single and like doing my thing I was really independent and like I will buy it it's like I was you know what I mean so the foodie call really is dependent on the idea of owing something to somebody yeah I would I from what I understand yes have you ever paid for a meal and expected sex from a man no I think not so much sex but I think I expected more of like an emotional attachment but you have paid for a meal and expected something in return yeah and not like an emotional sense like I want you to like look at me in a certain way Mm -hmm. yeah I think I have I've also I wouldn't say I was a full foodie call but I definitely was like "Ooh, I'm super broke right now this person wants to go out to like get drinks and I know this person has infatuation for me and will probably buy my drink so I can like I can make that work like I can go and have a good time and yeah. financial the financial aspect won't be like an issue um so in a way I guess maybe I have. <laughs> <laughs> have you been on a foodie call or done or, or called a, a foodie <laughs> call I wish I had called on a foodie call. I feel like I'm more the friend that gets called on to cook food or make okay. a meal in proximity to people because I make it well. Right. That makes sense. I did have somebody ask me to come and teach them how to cook something well because they wanted to cook for their girlfriend. And they were like, they know that what I do and like that I went to culinary school and they're like, will you teach me how to do this thing? Like, I don't know how to do it but um but that's different because like they they didn't pay for anything and also there wasn't anything in return other than just nice company well I think that's part of the crux of it right we want food to be sexy we definitely correlate food and sex Mm -hmm. we want to be good at both and in our current society, we don't have the mental capacity or even the skills to do it without help. Yeah. So, but we also don't teach that it's okay to ask for help. True. At all. True. So even to ask for help from someone like you or for someone like me, that's just like not even in the realm of imagination for a lot of people. No. Which I think is silly because like I I'm such a nerd about food and I know you are too like if I know you I'd put you in the same like category as me like if you ask me how to do anything like I will give you as much information as I possibly can like I'm not trying to like harbor or like withhold information from anybody like if I'm working on a specific thing maybe I won't and that, that's more like a job related thing. Like I'm not going at my job now. I'm not going to give every single bit of my secrets or my favorite things that I want to do that are for myself. It's like I'm going to work within the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly just out of like as an artist. I'm not going to give my best of my best to this person because I have other avenues that I want to explore too. That makes but sense. at the same time, food is such a realm of exploring intimacy. Absolutely. It's incredibly intimate. Well, it's not just intimate. It's just like how we know and experience love from each other. Yeah. And if we go back to the just basic human experience, when we have babies. Mm -hmm. Little babies. Sorry, I got a little nervous (laughs) because 
Is this so, an intense topic? Well, it's a little bit weird. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. Let's bring it out. Let's go. We are excited. Me and the listeners are there. Let's do it. Okay, my show notes are baby spit. <laughs> baby spit. Okay. Asterix, this thing. They did this study in the last couple of years where they were exploring the idea of how we exchange saliva and how that signals to infants and toddlers that that is this is your human that you can trust. What are you doing? I'm getting a pen so I can make notes. About baby saliva? Maybe. <laughs> Leave me alone. Keep talking. <laughs> I'm working <laughs> That's, okay. I want to know more though. Baby saliva. Well, without getting too much into the study structure, because that is a very specific type of humans is going to be interested in that. And I will link it in the show notes. But basically... The way this study was structured is that you create the situation where you have babies observing puppets exchanging food and saliva with a puppet and a human. Okay. And then when the puppet has a hard time, when there is human one that shares saliva slash food with this human or the puppet... And you have the other person in the scenario that didn't. All of the babies looked to the human. Whoa. That was so, like you were already engaged. So basically with this human if in this you way. are eating with this child actively like sharing physical food with them. If I'm like following you correctly, they create more of a physical bond with you. That's the hypothesis. That's that weirdly makes a lot of sense though to me that's a hypothesis it's a weirdly formulated study <laughs> i've looked into it a couple of times <laughs> and i'm still having a hard time articulating it uh interesting but the idea is that when babies witness that you are exchanging saliva that is a you are my person I would have not thought that this episode would turn into talking about just trading saliva with babies. It's, but it's not sexy. I know. It's not sexy. It's not sexual. No. It's just that we <laughs> it's form. It's not sexual, everyone. We so we know. We form human, those human yeah. social, like, you're probably the one to do something for me and to help me when I'm in need. Yeah. That's the basis of this study is that when I'm in distress, the person that I exchange saliva with. The person that shared food with me yeah. and the reason that distinction is made is because they made it where it was like they did like sharing of orange slices and then they also did experiments that mirrored it where there were the same situation where people were putting their fingers in the baby's mouth and then in their mouth and it was the same yeah versus ones where they didn't share or like food i've seen moms didn't. like take the binky and like wet it in their mouth and then give it to their baby yeah like that's a thing so that makes a lot of sense to me one well, as someone who's caretaked for children yeah i feel like there's a difference i have a different bond with children where i'm like yeah i like this thing off you take food out of my mouth like literally yeah. babies will take food out of your mouth well and kids put their fingers in your mouth all the time like all the time all the time they're fascinated by mouths. oh yeah and I think that's So we're adults, natural. but we just get weird about it. But we just get all sexual about it. Totally. 
but that's also like hormones and getting old you know all of the things society influences whatever that's interesting that it, it okay totally yes what you're saying is so not sexual and I want to make that very clear before I'm about to say the next thing I'm about to say because you're about to get sexual yes <laughs> very sexual one of my favorite videos on youtube there's this page that i followed when i was a teenager and i still follow now and there's a scene and i don't know if it's from a movie or a show but it's these two people they're like young adults and kind of normal and then they get themselves in a situation where they're like "Ooh, i'm kind of like hot for you and the other one's like i'm kind of hot for you too and it is one of the most sexually intense visuals I've ever seen still to this day this couple they they're making out and exchanging an egg yolk through their mouth to each other's mouths we will link it in the show notes will we yes it's I, will, I write the show notes. have I no, I know you do <laughs> I'm like you're doing this have you or is this bringing any bubbles with you no <laughs> i'm so excited to share this with you um i'm gonna send you the link because it is like think about the fact how delicate an egg yolk is like a raw yolk how delicate that is and when you're making out and you're slowly transferring the yolk from mouth to mouth oh my god why the fuck would you do that it's so hot and is then that hot or is yes! it fucking weird it's so hot and then at the very end when like what's obviously, hot about it it's not like at the other end of chick pops out it's of like <laughs> it's hot because it's like foreplay it's being gentle like there's this tension that we have to hold between each other but yet we like want each other so much and we're oh passing this delicate thing that could fucking collapse at any second but like we're doing this together and then oh as the God. video goes they get hotter and hotter right because they're like doing their thing and they're not like fully having sex or anything but they're just like foreplaying and it gets hotter and hotter and so at the very end of the video what happens spoiler alert foreplay wrong this whole oh it's time. so good you're gonna watch it and be like what the fuck and then at the end of the video again spoiler alert as it should in the climax aspect the yoke bursts and then it's just running everywhere, which how sexual is a bursting soft egg yolk, right? Like we all know that's like the most that's sexual thing sexy. in food. So sexy. And that's like when you're explaining like the exchange of saliva and how that can be this really intimate bonding thing and like connection for people. Sorry, not to make baby. Like we're not talking about babies. I am making this clear. There's a line. We're on a different conversation. But it's the same as like having like intercourse with a partner. Like when you're exchanging these fluids and you're making out and you're like intimate and you're like in these situations, whatever, you create this bond that's different than just like at a bar and making out at the bar, right? Like it's a more intense situation. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> do you feel like a foodie call is rude? what do you feel like if you were like you or somebody that was interested in you was like like you felt like you went on a date and it was clearly a foodie call and you you bought the meal and you're like mm, I feel like that was kind of weird or you as a as a woman we're single right now yeah and we're like 
I just really want to go to this restaurant that I love. But I don't really necessarily have the money, nor do I want to spend the money on that restaurant. But I have this guy in my life that would totally take me out there. Do you think that's rude? Mm. I'm going to complicate your thinking. Ooh. You always do. I'm ready. Let's do it. Uh, yes, and I, I think I have technically been offered a foodie call. Not in terms of sex, but in terms of you have these skills and I just need to be taken care of. I personally don't think it's rude. I think it's a woman playing a man's game. And I think, like, it's just the opposite. Like, but we start to blame women because... Exactly, and that's fucked up. say, you know, like, what the fuck? Why that's are you sexism. doing this? That's, that, like, that's what it is. It's a man does that. They buy a, a woman a meal and they expect sex in re- exchange or their dick sucked or something that's sexually charged. That's what they expect, right? If a woman's just like, I just want a fucking free meal and a couple good drinks and like go to bed (laughs) happy and ready to like for the next day. Suddenly we have all the shame around it. It's fucked up because I think a man does that. Like even taking sex out of it or sexual encounters out of it. Sometimes people just want to go on a date to have good conversation and to like talk to somebody that they're really attracted to. And who knows where it goes, but it's the thrill of it. Like, along with dating and that as a concept, desirability is a huge thing. And we put a lot of weight on our food choices based on being desirable to the other, the opposite sex or the sex that you're attracted to. Um, kind of bringing it back to the beginning of the episode. What you order matters. And you're kind of like faced with that right yes and I think the big takeaway is actually to think about what your influences are and to Mm -hmm. bring that back to yourself what actually feels good to you what actually makes sense to you because it doesn't make sense to choose your dietary choices on your outside influences. No. But there are so many outside influences that choose for you. All the time. And it's All hard. The time. And it's hard. And if anyone tells you that it's easy, just choose this. Just be more intuitive. Just do this. Just do that. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like tune into your higher self. Your higher self is dealing with so much noise. Yes. It's like it just order what you want to fucking order be true to yourself that's and it's so much easier said than done like I feel like I'm talking as I'm talking I'm talking to my 22 year old self which would be like yo fuck off like you don't fucking understand the reality is I do understand because I've been there and it's hard to understand it because you haven't gone through all of this bullshit and I don't expect you to understand I'm not angry if you don't understand it's just at some point, you're going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is all bullshit. Would you say that food compatibility is important? Absolutely. Is as important as sexual compatibility? Absolutely. For me personally, I think for sure, yes, 
I've thought through preparing for this episode and even the episode um, last week, like I feel like maybe if I wasn't in the, the job field that I'm in and have the education that I have, I sometimes wonder if I'd have a different answer to that. Um, if food wasn't so much of my identity, mm-hmm. I think that is a huge factor in it, but where I am right now and who I've built myself to be, absolutely, it's a huge thing. I did a poll on my personal Instagram page <laughs> where I was like, food or sex? Tell me what you'd prefer. Like if you had to give up one, what would it be? And literally 100% of people said food isn't more important than sex. And I thought that that actually kind of surprised me. And most of the answers were from men. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And one of the answers I had, um, one of the women that answered, which I thought was the best answer, was like, definitely food because you can always get a vibrator. And I was like, fuck yes. That is amazing. Like, fuck yes. I don't use my vibrator enough. Well, you know what? I have You one. should use it more. And, and I should I use mine lazy. more. That's the thing. It's just lazy. It's also for me. If we're going to talk tired. about our, if We're going to talk about our sex lives. I don't have a ton of time because of my job alone. And I really enjoy my vibrator as a solo activity. I do enjoy it with my partner too. But I would say overall, it's very like, this is me and my time, right? This is what I want to do. And I get to control the whole situation and just be able to celebrate myself. And I think that's really important to do. But not everybody has the privilege with the time on their own. And I'm not upset by that because I also have a really great life and I'm really happy with what I have. But I also think if you want to pleasure yourself, fucking pleasure yourself. It doesn't matter. But that pleasuring of yourself can take the form of food or sex. Yes, exactly. Eat your fucking pizza rolls. Lube up your vibrator. Do both. I don't care. Have fun. That's all that matters. Just know what you like and be confident in what you like. But the fact is women are spicy. We are salty. We are... Yep. It's true. We have many different flavors. We do. Anyways... Lick pussy. (laughs) Just lick up the pussy. Suck the cogs. Lick the asshole. Make out. Do all the things that you want to do. Taking the flavor of life. Put your tongue in all the fucking holes that you want that is consensual. (laughs) And enjoy life. (laughs) That's the end. That's the end. I think we're done. Thank you for listening. Your time is a gift that we appreciate immensely. Did you know you can now rate Time to Chat on Spotify? Follow us on Instagram for first dibs on listener swag. Trust us, you're going to want some of this. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow, share, and rate this podcast. It makes a difference, and it helps us reach more folks that want to digest their relationship to food. Thanks for being here. Until next time. You're looking at me and my brain is spinning in a lot of different directions. Yeah, I did. Oh, shit. I didn't read that. Oh, my God. I love the colors. I love the shape. You're just eating wax. I think I like that, though. So I'm wondering if it is a quartz issue. Or it could be ghosts. Partner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. And let's do it again.